With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Uglin and Ronnie Flores back with you for episode number 95. Ronnie, we're doing these things, you know, bi-weekly, a couple times a month because we're trying to push our new show on the rise out there as much as possible. It's glad glad to be back here with you for ITP. Um, We're going to talk today uh, an update on the Fab 50 because there's been some movement, um, you know, different areas are are canceling their seasons and different areas are starting their seasons. It's been crazy. Yeah. Last, you know, 11, 12 months now. I mean, we're almost a year into this and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to welcome um, our NBA guest today, Jerome Robinson of the Washington Wizards in about 30 minutes here. Um, but let's jump into your most recent update of that 50, Ronnie, uh, Montverde Academy, still number one, um, Sunrise Christian Academy, number two, IMG Academy in Florida, number three, DeMatha Catholic out of Maryland, number four, and Wasatch Academy out of Utah, number five. That's the top five. Pretty similar um, over the last, I don't know, month or so. Updates. Yeah, yeah, three or four updates from you. Um, so what's going on in the high school basketball world, man? Tell me, tell me a little bit more. Give me some updates. Yeah, Devin, uh, like you said, I'm glad to be back on this. We obviously are shots some on the rise episodes, uh, you know, chronicling some top prospects for the 2021 NBA draft. So I hope you guys can check it out on YouTube and our various social media channels. And yeah, back to your, to your question, you know, the high school season is still ramping up for certain uh, States and it's, why quickly winding down and some some have still been canceled so wanted to give a little, little quick update there uh before we jump into the teams baltimore city public schools won't have winter sports this is public schools in the in the city of baltimore maryland uh, obviously that means Polly of baltimore um a really good team who's been really good the last few years you know won't have a season unfortunately their coach told me that recently in new york um teams outside the five boroughs have Try to get games, and in the boroughs, they had big rally in New York City on Saturday. Uh, talked to a couple coaches, it looks positive, but there's not going to be anything till May. And so, we're still a little ways out. Looks like the public schools are gonna have uh, the teachers and I guess the administration going to school starting March 18th, and then there's going to be like a hybrid uh, at the end of the month. And then they're not going to start, you know, the testing or whatever it is protocols they're going to do. Again, obviously, New York's a huge school district. It's New York uh, public schools are the, is the largest district in the country. LAUSD, which is the LA City section, as you know, them is the second largest. They're going to have their issues, I'm sure, to get started in California. Kind of turning a little bit into the haves and haves nots a bit uh, in many respects around the country. Chicago was able to get its season started, but you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. They only have like a four or five week season. It's basically coming to an end. It started like three weeks ago and it's coming to an end in the next couple of weeks. So um, very interesting. You know, the cities outside of Chicago there, by the time you listen to this pod, they're going to be wrapping up like a month long season. 
end of this week. And the CPS, which is the Chicago public school system, has one more week after that. But one thing that's cool, Devin, is that they decided quickly, hey, let's have a little uh, tournament, kind of like a little tournament of champions. So the Chipotle class of champions is taking place March 12th and 13th in Chicago on the 12th at St. Patrick uh, High School. And then on the 13th, it's at Notre Dame College Prep, which is just outside of Chicago. So they, they, they moved quickly on it. They wanted to get it like, a, you know, have the top teams play each other around the city, which is smart. And, and maybe hopefully uh, there's a lot of those little series in California. If we do have a season, instead of playing just, you know, random uh, one-off games, let's, let's get a tournament going where every game's at different venues, you know, to have some kind of uh, resolution or some kind of champion. Hopefully that happens. But anyway, back to Chicago. The number one seed is Fat 50, number 18, Simeon. The number two seed is number 41, Whitney Young, which is one of the five newcomers this week to the Fat 50. Make sure you check that out on ballislife.com. Obviously, we update the top 50 each week, as Devin said, the top five. But let's go over the newcomers real quick, uh, Devin. Uh, the the new highest newcomer is Millbrook of Raleigh, North Carolina. And our guest, Jerome Robinson, went to school in, in that area. He's a, a public school guy from North Carolina, so we'll get his take. But Millbrook is at 36. They finished 19 and 0. Um, they knocked knocked off the team. Audrey Kell that knocked off North Mecklenburg, which was highly ranked all season, highly regarded. Burke Marr of Lilburn, Georgia, jumps into the rankings this week at 37. The reason is they're they're in the um, Georgia GSHS. I'm sorry, the Georgia GHSA Class 7A final against number 10, Milton. Obviously, you know, Devin Milton's been a great team all season long. So those two teams are meeting in the final this upcoming weekend. Then we got Clinton, Mississippi at 48. They're back to the bottom of the Fat 50. They only had one loss this year. They won their state title in Mississippi. Uh, hopefully we can get our guys uh, Lavelle Shoes back on the show to talk about basketball and not race relations as we had about a year ago. You know, we, 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 we broke that down with him, but We'd love to hear some more about always basketball in the deep south. Clayton at 48, 21 and one, only one overtime loss this year. And then the fifth team would be Chaminade of St. Louis, Missouri. They're 19 and one. They're always a perennial power in the St. Louis uh, area. And obviously that includes the down south uh, Illinois region, which is just across the river. And uh, I said the fifth team, which is Whitney Young at 41. So those are the five new teams. Obviously, there's been some. We still have some, um, you know, teams that have played a lot of games. Like for instance, uh, if you look at Oak Hill Academy, they're 20 and eight. Bellevue West, number 22 from Nebraska, great team, 22 and two. Then you look at other teams. Simeon, the number one seed in that clash of champions in Chicago, is only four and zero. Oh. I'll give you a funny thing, Devin. You're going to get a kick out of it, and you tell me what you would do if you were me. I want to get your opinion on something. Blair Academy, which is a private school in New Jersey, uh, they were expected to be very good this year, and they are very good. They had two games this year because they're independent. They're sitting at number 19, and they're dropping. And the reason they're dropping at 2-0 and is they don't have any more sanctioned games for right now. So, I mean, they're 2-0. and They might end their season at 2-0. and I mean, Devin, what, what do you do in that case? What they're 2-0. and <laughs> They are 2-0. They won both their games. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I don't know how you still come up with yeah. these rankings based on yeah. who's playing who, who can't, yeah. who, yeah. whose season is is uh, uh, canceled, and whose season yeah. is. You look at New York public schools, and they're going to start their season in May. Yeah, most kids, if they're you know college bound, whether it's yeah. academically or 
or athletically, athletically yeah. they are like in May, in June, the next month, they are supposed to be at their college. So you're going to, you're going to tell me uh, the top kids on these teams are going to, are going to play a five game season or 10 game season in May, like as yeah. seniors, like I get underclassmen obviously playing and, and then yeah. back, but if there's any good seniors in, who are committed, you know, players in New York, uh, I don't see those guys sticking around for a, an abbreviated season late in late May of their senior year. It's hot in New York. I think it's hot in New York at that time. It's I just like, wow. You know, I don't know what the, you know, if city public schools in New York have, you know, air conditioning in their gyms and things like, <laughs> I don't, there's some, you know, there's some in California that don't have air, like Fairfax. Sure. Yeah. You imagine, imagine Fairfax, but like times four, the yeah. Fairfax summer classic that we go to almost every year, Ronnie, that thing is a disaster if, uh, if it's hot. Yeah. So imagine Fairfax summer classic with like way more humidity. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like it makes me it makes me sick to my stomach. But yeah, yeah, it's it's funny going through this because you see, you know, Sierra Canyon O'Day at eleven and twelve O and O. Then you see Orlando Christian Prep in Florida at twenty eight and O, next thirteen. And then you see Duncanville in Texas at fourteen, number fourteen. They're twenty seven and one. And it's just funny by the regions you can see kind of um, the 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 approach to the pandemic is very different. (laughs) Yeah and regions based on the records of these high school basketball teams yeah uh, yeah i don't know i mean i don't know how you do this um you know i guess you just have to you get to take it for what it is right yeah and do the best possible thing you can do to project like okay so if if sierra canyon played who's O and O played creighton prep in omaha nebraska who's yeah. number seven and 22 and two who would win that game probably yeah. sierra Sierra Canyon would be favored right now. You're right. That's you have to project how good you. That's why you got to do your homework in the preseason. See who lands where, and that's going to be difficult in California. I may have to jump these teams way down or up because, again, you look at Nevada, Devin. They didn't have a season. How many kids are going to come tell their mom and dad, "Hey, I'm going to go stay with Uncle. I want to get a season now. I'm going to play at um, Long Beach Wilson or uh, Los Alamitos. You know, uh, whoever." You know, Colton High School, because, hey, they're going to have a season. Uh, you know, Uncle Joe lives down the street. They can't they're not going to stop me from playing. Sure. They're not going to stop anybody from playing, especially yeah. if they didn't have a season. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So you just don't know what California is going to look like because of that unique situation with Nevada. Yeah. like you know? and, and it would have really been bad, Devin, if Arizona would have canceled like they originally thought there would be an influx of kids all over the place so yeah just you know an example of a like nevada's done right so bishop has a bunch of good players um yeah will mcclendon's going to ucla what's stopping will mcclendon from moving here early and playing a high school basketball season in california at winward nothing i'm just again nothing against winward i'm not saying he's going there or anywhere near ucla sierra canyon like anywhere uh christian whatever that's that's not happening i'm not putting a rumor out there for you know anybody listening but i'm just giving an example of what could possibly happen and what could even change the the shape of your fab 50 even more if california has a season correct so yeah that's very interesting um all that is still in flux it's crazy Devin, because this week was the week everything went crazy last year um the state finals were supposed to be this week in california uh you know we obviously got through that odell dublin game and and sierra canyon which would be a year ago to the day we're shooting this on a Tuesday meeting. 
is when Sierra Canyon beat Etiwanda in that epic comeback, that crazy comeback that everybody saw when, when BJ Boston hit that, hit that jumper at the buzzer. So all that is, um, you know, crazy how it's been a year and we're still not, you know, completely out of the woodworks. People are getting vaccinated, obviously, hopefully the, the rate continues and it's continues to show that it's effective. Uh, obviously at the top of the rankings, you mentioned number one, Montverde versus number two, um, Sunrise Christian Academy. They've played twice, Devin, 58-52, Montverde won the first one at the St. James. Sunrise won the return match at Montverde and their home winning streak and snapped their 44-game winning streak. They're going to play this Friday at Arlington High School in Memphis on the 12th, Devin. Obviously, we had Coach Holmes from Lalamere coming on our pod a few episodes back, and he mentioned we were trying to get a, you know, Cottonwood Island Conference Championship. This is the first year of the NIBC, you know, the National Interscholastic Basketball Conference. And then it came down to they, – they, they thought about it. They'd already beaten each other up. Some teams had some COVID issues. Some teams had some injury issues. So they thought about just the two best teams are Sunrise and Montverde. Just let them play. That will be the first champion for this first year. And, and then they'll come back next year clean that up a little bit, hopefully have a more normal season and then have a conference tournament. So they're not going to have a conference tournament after all, again, because it'd be the same teams in essence beating up on each other and then maybe even beating up on each other more at Geico's national. So give me your thoughts on that real quick, Devin, and then give me your prediction who you think is going to win this third, third rubber match. I think for this season and the start of, you know, their NIBC kind of conference or group or, or league, It makes sense just to have the, the two best teams go against each other. They're one and two in your Fab 50. They've played yeah. each other twice. They split those games. So yeah. clearly they're on a collision course to, you know, be, you know, quote unquote, mythical national champions, right? Sure. Um, yeah. As far as who I think is going to win. Um, so it's being played at Arlington High School in Memphis. Yeah. You know, Kennedy Chandler is committed to Tennessee, the point guard for um, Sunrise Christian Academy, right? He's sure. from. He's from Tennessee. Um, and then he transferred to Sunrise Christian, which is in Kansas. I think I think Kennedy Chandler is going to have a nice little homecoming and lead Sunrise Christian to, to a win in the rubber match, Ronnie. I think he's one of those guys that we mentioned on On the Rise, especially with a guy like uh, J.D. Davison, who, we, who, who we, we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago. And yeah. uh, just a gamer, a guy who is always up to the challenge of – you know, playing against the best teams, performing yeah. big games and having, having, you know, a huge impact in games that matter the most. So I'm going to roll with my guy, Kennedy Chandler, and I'm going to say Sunrise Christian beats Montverde. And, you know, speaking of Kennedy Chandler, you guys can head to balleslife.com or the YouTube page. And our girl Kiki Civilian went down and had a day in the life with Kennedy. So go ahead and check that out. Um, Ronnie, I'm going to throw it back to you. Who do you think is going to win that game? You're, you're more on top of this than I am. I'm just yeah. out there based on kind of, you know, Kennedy Chandler and how much I like his game. Who, who do you think is going to win this game? Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. And I, I do like the fact that they, um, that they have won that second matchup. You know, Kennedy's had some big games down the stretch. I, I, I'm with you there. I'm going to, I'm going to say that it's going to be a close game and that, Kennedy Chandler is going to hit some big shots, maybe off a wild play or a, a, a sequence, and he'll hit a couple big shots, and that may be the difference. And then those teams may have to play again at Geico's Nationals, which is April 
first through third a few weeks later. So I, I just think right now the pressure is a little off Sunrise, meaning they know they can beat them. They beat them once. You know, they, they, you know, Mom Birdie's kind of like the gold standard of the teams in IBC. They, you know, kind of like the team people gun for. So they'll be ready. Um, I, I just think Sunrise has with Kendall Brown and a few other guys, Grady Dick. I think our girl Kiki was with Grady Dick recently, too. Um, yeah. Didn't he commit to Kansas recently? Yeah, he and, was on uh, IG Live with Kiki. Yeah. And, uh, I think we did a day in the life with Grady Dick as yeah. well, well, and Kendall Brown. Yeah. Uh, I think there's three three content pieces, day in the life pieces that you guys can check out on the Ballas Life YouTube page. Yeah. So, yeah, I like the fact that they it seems like maybe they have a little bit more scoring power. Okay. I, I think Montverde's a really good defensive team, and I think Jalen Duran obviously gives them a lot. But I think they kind of figured it out in the second game, and, and, and they'll be loose and relaxed. And like you said, I think they wanna wanna you know go in there and show that they they are on par with Montverde. And and that may give them the edge, the and, and the close edge. So we'll we'll see how that game plays out. Obviously, that won't determine this year's mythical national championship because they'll still have one more round of quote unquote games to go at Geico, and that will probably include like Compass Prep. Uh, that would likely include uh, Oak Hill, uh, Wasatch. So some of the some of the same characters they have to win. Maybe Milton might get in there if they win the Georgia title over over Burkmar. Uh, I know Dematha is trying to get in. Dematha Catholic, who sits at number four undefeated, at they were nine and zero. They didn't get a complete season there in the in the DMV. You know they're hopefully to get a waiver or some kind of approval from the from the DC Catholic League that they can go. That's not as far as as we're filming today. That hasn't been finalized, but that would be another good team to be in there. And they may expand the um, format to ten teams. So, uh, Devin, I don't know how, you know, if you have an 18 bracket and you have 10, so I'm assuming maybe Montverde and Sunrise get a buy or some kind, you know, that's, that's how that works out. And, and then they, then they, then they, they head it off. So great. You know, this has been a fun season of follow. I'm, I'm just happy for the guys that had had an opportunity. It sucks for the guys that haven't, you know, um, some guys are not going to get the opportunity. Jaden Hardy, he's been named the McDonald's team. As you said, you know, he's one of those guys that didn't have a, didn't have a season and there's a few others you know how many games is our guy um adrian griffin i know you like from the duke commit from archbishop stepanak he may get five games in this year if that you know so we're you know kudos to the to the people who did it right stayed safe and and uh got a season in and we're still not done no we're not done and as you mentioned with stepanak they're number 31 in, in the fab 50 and at three and zero, another team I want to kind of talk to you about, Ronnie, and get your take on is uh, Long Island Lutheran. One and zero, number seven in the Fab Fifty. <laughs> Why? Like, what yeah. about Long Island? Like, what went into that decision to to put? Well, yeah, they've started um, pretty high. I'd have to go look, and they started maybe twelve or thirteen. Okay. Okay, so they have the talent level. They've had the talent level. They've won the New York Tournament of Champions a couple times. Obviously, our guy Andre Cabello went there. Uh, key they've had some high level players and they brought in high level players and just their talent level in the last three to four years has been very high um you know similar to a to a, a wasatch very similar to dematha you know so if you put long island lutheran against a cif team let's say right now they'd be really heavily favored over everybody except sierra canyon they'd probably be even money with sierra canyon 
So, I mean, like you said, so again, where it depends what time of the season that is, where the game is played, but on in a general neutral terms, they'd be a, a the favorite over everybody. Bishop O'Dowd, Rebe, Edwanda, Modern Day. Okay. This have a higher level, big players, a lot of guys, six seven, six eight guards. So that that's where that would be. And again, I don't know if they'll stay there. Again, I, I I'm already telling the teams now, and they kind of know if you're three and zero, two and one, or five and one, you're just you're probably going to drop at some point. Okay. And they understand that. I think I talked to Coach Steve Turner at Gonzaga. Devin, his team is 0-2. And, and they don't have any more sanctioned games because they couldn't get any more sanctioned games. But they lost to Paul the Six and DeMatha. What do you think? <laughs> Gonzaga's a, a, a great team. You, you know, a great team meaning they're not uh, going to beat Sunrise or, or, or Montverde. But we know they're good. We know they have D1 players. You know, where do they go? He goes, Ron, I appreciate you, you know, giving my guys some shine. He goes, I understand. Like I go, yeah, coach, you may not stay in there at Owen two. Like you're probably going to fall out, but that's just the way it goes. And that's just, they understand the kids, I think have a better understanding of how uh, lucky they are, how fortunate they are to, to get games in and to really enjoy the game. And I hope that Devin, we'll talk about that a little later when we, when we talk about the Pangos junior all American camp, just how, uh, Kids should be fortunate that they're playing the game and that they're playing the game that they love. They should never take a day off or loaf or have a bad attitude. I mean, look at what's going on across the country, you know? Yeah. Just in terms of sports and in terms of 500, four or 500,000 people being gone. I mean, it's just nuts. We have a guy who can bring some perspective on that, you know, being an underrated guy who, you know, ended up reaching his dreams of being an NBA player. I think he just popped into our waiting room. Let's see if we can get him on here. All right, Ronnie, Jerome Robinson just popped in a guard from the Washington Wizards. Jerome, thanks so much for joining us this morning, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. So, Jerome, you went to uh, Needham Broughton High School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, you know, coming out of high school, you were ranked kind of in the, the 300s, I'd say. So maybe not everyone could, could scroll that far on those rankings and find your name. You had uh, one Power 5 offer from Boston College, and you took that offer. Um, you ended up becoming, you know, the ACC's second leading scorer as a junior, a first team all ACC selection, and then the 13th overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the first lottery pick ever out of Boston College. Man, that's quite a journey, man. Take us through kind of your your days in high school as a sophomore or junior and, you know, not getting recruited um, as highly as maybe you would have liked and then what you did to change that. Yeah, man, um, it's definitely been a long journey. Um, I don't know if I, you know, would have seen it into, uh, into the way it's, it's came out to be, but, um, I'm super thankful for it. Um, and just major blessings for, you know, the people that guided me, the people that gave me, um, negative and the positive and just helped me grow as a person, you know? So early on for me, um, I would say I actually didn't just pick basketball. I was play multiple sports in high school. I played baseball and basketball in high school. Um, but there was a moment like my sophomore year of, of high school, I got moved up to varsity. Um, I was playing along Devonte Graham. He was a senior my sophomore year of high school. And um, we, we actually lost in the state championship. And it was a Saturday. I had practice, baseball practice on Monday. And I walked on the baseball field. I was like, yeah, this this ain't the same, man. Like, <laughs> I, mean, we, I mean, as a, as a high school team, we had the Dean Dome pretty much sold out. Like, I mean, the energy, 
just uh, the fuel, you know, you feed from those fans. Um, and then just the love of basketball in the state of North Carolina is unbelievable uh, for high school games, for college, as you know, you know, with the triangle uh, growing up there. And then just kind of, you know, as, as high school is going along, just plugging away. Um, junior year came along, got an offer during the season. And then that summer uh, got a lot of mid-major offers and then uh, one high major from D.C. Uh, and I mean, it was it was crazy, man. It's just like a uh, I just always felt like playing basketball the right way. You know what I mean? So like, for instance, funny story um, in AAU that summer, I got an offer from Richmond. And the reason why they offered me was I had took two charges back to back plays. And they said they've never seen anybody on the AAU tournament uh, or a circuit do that before. And it, it was pretty funny, but it was just small things like that happening, you know, um, and then same thing, you know, got to college. A lot of freshmen come in, had a couple higher guys than me, of course, in the um, as far as rankings and things like that. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, rough freshman year as far as not winning an ACC game in conference, which was tough, uh, hard to stick through a lot of guys transferring. But, you know, I just believe in coach and, you know, what he what he kind of gave us the vision and, and the plug away of, of what we were going to do sophomore year also tough, but got better. Um, lost probably 10 ACC games within five points. Um, but like you're feeling like you're right there, but just falling short every time it, it, and it hurt. But um, got the monkey off our back as far as, you know, not winning an ACC game, ended up winning two. So not much better, but one. Uh, and then junior year, you know, being very competitive every game in every game, um, winning, 12 out of our 14 home games uh, and then you know leaving and going to NBA after that yeah Jerome um you mentioned how that 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 game at the Dean Dome kind of brought you to focus and you really like basketball is what you wanted to do and obviously you took it seriously so you're going into that 215 class obviously everybody knew who Brandon Ingram was and um you know Luke May was another big name Rajon Tucker mm -hmm. Uh, guys you probably know and probably guys you talk to. So did you kind of bring it on yourself to be like, you know what? It'd be good if I take a charge in an a in AAU game. Or did you talk to your coach and be like, look, you're not re getting recruited maybe the way you want to. This is how you can do it. What what kind of fueled your fire to, hey, uh, this is the way I need to get to the to the, to the the path I'm going to take into the college I want. I, I got to do this. Or did, did somebody pull you aside and maybe give you some good advice? Um, For me, I felt like it was all – playing basketball the right way, you know, sure. making the extra pass, you know, being there for my teammate, talking on defense. You know, I kind of knew like a lot of the small things were always kind of getting missed in AAU. Um, but I felt like I learned that a lot in high school and I learned that a lot from my dad who played basketball um, as well professionally. And um, and yeah, man, so just just kind of being in that mind state, like in high school, we we like got in trouble for not standing up when guys subbed out, you know, dapping up your teammate, you know, kind of smart, you know, being a good teammate, being a good player, playing the right way. And I felt like that just helped my game, you know, as far as IQ and and understanding. Yeah. Did when you talk to those guys or when you see those guys play, obviously you you know the the other top players in North Carolina. And do you recall any conversation or anything like, man, I, I know I'm as good as these guys. They may be getting recruited higher, or did that not bother you much? You know, or did you ever look at it like obviously Brandon got a lot of attention from 
websites and from people filming them. But, you know, what did you think about that at the time? Um, for me, it, I wasn't really worried about, you know, yeah. other people. It was just sure having fun, uh, yeah. playing basketball. And for me, especially getting that taste of uh, going to the state championship, it was I just wanted to go win a state championship, you know what I mean? Or go sure. and win the, the holiday tournament. Um, and so it was it was kind of just like for me, it was it was just about winning. You know what I mean? Like our sure. program was about winning. Um, and, you know, when you win, you shine. So and all together. Um, so for me, it wasn't really like I never really like looked at the rankings. I was just kind of a guy just like playing basketball, you know, having fun with it. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned you played with Devonte Graham. He was a senior when you got brought up as a sophomore. Uh, what did you learn from him just maybe watching him in practice or, you know, game time situations that helped you mold into the player you became, you know, as a senior at, at the same high school? Um, for me, you know, just seeing his, uh, his ability to get everybody involved, um, you know, his IQ for the game, you know, and he's, he's super tough, man, but just, but he plays with this joy that, you know, always brings a smile to everybody's face. And he's, and he's super fun to play with. So I, I always, you know, wanted to be a guy that was like, yo, I love playing with Jerome. You know what I mean? Like for me, like I love playing with DT. So like I always wanted to be that guy. I wasn't like, yo, I don't like playing with him. Like I, I feel like for me, I play the right way. And and I'm a guy that loves basketball. So I, I want everybody to have that same joy and that same feeling when we play. When you got brought up to varsity, were you playing JV before that? Or are you playing freshman ball? Yeah, no, I was playing JV. Okay, and then you got brought up to varsity. What was uh, what was kind of your first welcome to varsity moment um, when you got into a game or practice? How did that go? Yeah, so um, I'll never forget. All right, was, he's got a story. All right, cool. He's got a story. Good, good. A, a couple, a couple people got hurt, um, and I was on JV at the time, and I was in honors geometry. And the varsity coach walks in. He's like, "Jerome, can I talk to you in the hallway?" So yeah, walk out. It's like, hey. Uh, we're going to play up the varsity. We got a lot of guys hurt. Like, uh, just be ready to practice today. I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, change jerseys or whatever. It changes colors, you know, when you go up the varsity. So go through varsity practice. It was cool. But the next, what was the next? So we had a practice and then we played our rivals the next day. And then we played like our second rivals the day after. With that practice, you know, you end with the free throw we, we run or whatever, and I airballed the first free oh. throw ever. It was so funny, bro. It was <laughs> like the rim, like it looked like a cartoon, like the rim went like 25 yards away from me. Oh. I'm like, oh my gosh, like airballed the free throw. Thank goodness I made the second one. But um, it was crazy, man. Hit my first ever three um, against Millbrook, who's our rivals. And then the next game, I hit like five threes. And then I was up on varsity ever since then. Okay. Ronnie, you got Millbrook in your most recent rankings, don't you? Yeah, I, I Millbrook, I don't know if you, you heard about it. They this has been a crazy season, but they won the state title. They yeah, beat they Audrey Kale. Yeah, you know, North Mech was, you know, kind of the favorite. They lost to Audrey Kale in the semifinal, and then Millbrook beat him on a crazy overtime game just this past weekend. So they're, they're all pumped about it. So, oh, yeah. you know, I'm sure you guys are like, man, we need to get them next year. Hopefully, you know, I know that probably brings back memories for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, there's there's nothing like that rivalry, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, people are pre-selling tickets and, you know, getting to the games early. Like those those games are nuts, man. They they were a great time. Yeah. Let's talk about the transition to college. You know, what did Coach Spinelli 
like you said, you have a story or you, you remember things. What, what's the first thing, your first conversation that him that sticks and what is it that maybe did he mention to you anything like, Hey, we're just going to take a chance on you. We believe in you. Or what is it that made them pull the trigger on you? Yeah. So, uh, Spinelli recruited Scott Spinelli recruited yeah. me to BC. Um, I just remember our first conversations, just hearing this really loud Italian guy yelling on the phone at me. So <laughs> You're slightly intimidated, but he's a great person. You know what I mean? Like super positive. My guy, what's going on, Romy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so so one of those. Um, but yeah, man, he he just from day one was like something with you North Carolina kids, man. Like you guys got it. Like you guys know the game. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of just. I mean, he's making me feel good, but you know, I, I kind of understood where he's coming from, and that's how I kind of felt about my game. But he said it's, you know, that it was going to translate easily and that he would always look out for me. And, you know, if I wanted to get better every day, he was going to be there to help me get better every day. So just having that approach going in there and and going hard, man, and just letting the chips fall where they may. Production, yeah. you went in there and started basically every game you played it uh, for three years. And did you expect to go in and have that immediate impact, uh, you know, 11 points per game? Your, your freshman season, 18 points per game, your sophomore season, and then obviously your, your junior season, you averaged over 20 points per game. Did you expect to have that level or did you put in a whole lot of work prior to that? Um, I think I, for me, I never put the pressure of, you know, that expectation. Like it wasn't like, yo, I'm going to come in here and okay. do this, that, and the other. It was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to come in here and hoop. Like I feel like I put in the work, you know, I, I do personally – feel like I put in a, a ridiculous amount of work, you know, for, sure. you know, those kind of numbers to, to come up. Um, but as a freshman, just coming in, man, cause it was, it was probably eight, nine, maybe nine freshmen, eight freshmen coming in at one time. Um, so for me, man, it was just come in and eat every day, come in and plug away, get my shots up, get my work in, play a lot of one-on-one um, and just have fun with it, man. Like if, you're not gonna have fun with it it's gonna be a drag every day and it was never a drag for me yeah that makes sense you gotta you gotta love the game that's a, a first start um you know obviously a lot of kids would want to they would this story is like wow you know look at how he made it they obviously can relate to it so what advice would you give a kid in a similar position to you maybe he's on the jv his 10th grade year maybe he knows he's he's working hard he loves the game you know, maybe he just needs somebody to believe in him. What, what's the first thing you would, would tell a young kid like that? For me, um, you know, it's funny. Like, I was that kid, like, my dad's 6'6", but I was short, you know, going into high school. So I was always kid, like, <laughs> when am I going to grow? When is this going to happen? When's that going to happen? And my, dad, yeah. my dad would always tell me, like, your time's coming. You know what I mean? Don't worry. Take it day by day. And for me, man, it's just what I tell a kid is just to stay open and keep growing. Um, don't, don't ever put yourself in a box. Don't ever, you know, say I'm only this, I'm only that you're a basketball player, man. You should be able to do this. You should be able to do that. You should be able to do this. You should be able to do that. Um, so just staying open, I, I would say is the biggest thing and, and just keep working, man. That's it. What would you say, Jerome was the most important part, you know, development in your game? Ryan, I see a lot of high school basketball. We see a lot of youth basketball. And for me, I'm like, man, these kids need to need to learn how to shoot the basketball enough of this dribbling 500 times enough of this this stuff you know what i mean um dunking's great it's all all fine and dandy but i think in the nba right now man is and college basketball spreading the floor with that jumper is, is super important what what's kind of a, a thing you would suggest kids work on early and often 
Um, I, I would say <clears throat> a lot of form shooting. Okay. Um, a lot of one hand shooting, a lot of, you know, attention to detail and those things, you know, like you look at somebody like Clay Thompson, like everybody says he has a perfect jump shot. Then why is nobody shooting like Clay Thompson? You know yeah. what I mean? Why is nobody shooting like Stephen Curry? Um, so those guys, like the amount of time they put into their jump shot, um, you know, the simplicity of their jump shot, you know, keep it simple, keep it easy. Um, but yeah, and but I think a big development, you know, for young kids is being able to play without the ball. You know, everybody feels like they, they need to have the ball, they need to have the ball, but, you know, being able to cut, pass, screen, backdoor, you know, like those things are going to get you easy opportunities, easy points, got to take advantage of them. So I feel like for me, Growing up, uh, my dad had played nine years overseas and he was our coach for a little while when I was younger, but we were 10, 11, 12, like we played a lot of five on five full court, no dribble. You know what I mean? Like yep. our team and we would go in the game, like we were able to get the ball up the court, no dribble and score. Like at, at 10, 11, 12 years old, you know what I mean? Like we didn't have the dribble, like we could get it up the court and, and score. Um, so I think that's one thing that's really underrated for young kids is being able to score without the ball and being able to score without dribbling yeah that, that that makes a lot of sense um in your position fast forward to your position now obviously you know it's a it's a game you love but obviously it's a job and it's a business how do you stay ready when it's your time to, to get called on you obviously you got to work hard in practice similar to as you going back to 10th grade as you did but how, how do you stay ready when it's your time when you're when your number's called uh like you said it, it is a job you know, so like it, it, you get paid to be ready, you know, no matter if it's being ready once, being ready yeah. 10 times or being ready 82 times, um, you get paid to be ready. Um, so for me, you know, it's it's trying to find the fun and everything, you know, so we go in a drill, you know, say if you do play, you know, taking what you did and seeing what you can do better, you know, and, and you're trying to keep growing every day. It, as long as you're open and and able to grow every day, you'll always be ready. You know, for me, that's what I feel. Um, so just just and just taking advantage of your opportunity. You know, you're gonna get that opportunity. You got to be ready. So before we let you go, let's jump into some some fun questions here. Did you watch the All Star right. Game festivities uh, over the weekend? Partially, but since it was my All Star break, I did take <laughs> a break from basketball. Okay. Did, <laughs> did you watch the dunk contest at all? I did not. Oh and man! I, 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 I heard. I heard. I heard. Right, let's <laughs> jump to the next one. Uh, what position did you play in baseball? I played middle infield and outfield. You think you could have gone pro if you would have stuck with it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Why do you? Why, why are you so confident in that? You were. You were a solid baseball player, or what? Yeah, I, I was a solid baseball player, but I just feel like um, sports was my thing, man. Like I, I played football growing up. You know, I loved extreme sports as well, um, really? but like I, I always like I had to do something in sports. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I think so. And I think, you know, with me being as athletic as I am, there's not a lot of people at my size and speed that play baseball. Um, so I think sure. I, I've been able to take advantage of it. Which player, you know, back in the day when you were growing up, which players did you kind of admire baseball players is what I'm saying and kind of try to model your game after? Um, I would say probably A Rod was a big one. Yeah. Ken Griffey was a big one. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I love Big Poppy, even though my game wasn't like his. I was yeah. more of a left, 
hit a dinker through the hole in the gap, get on first, and I'm stealing every day after that. Like I'm, I'm gone. Okay, <laughs> I'm man, like the slugger. You like the sluggers. You like the guys that can hit the deep ball, but that wasn't your game. That's funny. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. I was an Ichiro kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, Ichiro made a whole lot of money playing baseball, man. Dude. I like that. I like that. Uh, Basketball-wise, growing up, who did you who did you watch, uh, you know, locally, nationally? Who did you like a lot when you were growing up as a basketball player? Um, for me, my my biggest was uh, D Wade. Huge D Wade fan uh, growing up as a kid. After D Wade, uh, I mean, locally we had John, who was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that him in high school was like me in like elementary, middle school. Yeah. Um, and man, like. That's that's when basketball, like, I feel like for our state, even though like we we have the, the you know the triangle and the Carolina Duke, like, and that's always yeah. been there. But like, high school basketball and like mixtapes and everything, like, skyrocket with John Wall. Yeah, um, yeah, his so mixtape took it to the next level. Nuts, yeah. nuts, man, nuts. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you wish that you had a Ball's Life mixtape? I wish we could go back in time and get you get you a mixtape <laughs> on Ball's Life. Do you right, do you, right. <laughs> you remember watching any mixtapes that stood out to you on Ball's Life that you watched as, as a high school player or as a youth kid? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Obviously, Akil Carr. Akil Carr, okay. Uh, <laughs> the Austin, crime Austin stuff. Rivers. Yep. The crime yeah, stuff. Austin Rivers Austin had River. a good one. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah. Those two were legendary. <laughs> For sure. Love it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't have, I, unfortunately, I didn't have a Ball's Life mixtape, but it's all good. It's all right. Good. We'll try and we'll try and dig up some footage and, and get you on, man. We, we appreciate the time, Jerome. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Best of luck the rest of the season. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Take awesome. care. You guys. Ronnie Jerome Robinson, yeah. great guy, great yeah. story. Really like bringing guys on who can, you know, relate to what some kids in at the high school level right now are, are going through, or even in the future what some high school kids are, are going through um, and, you know, yeah. recruiting process, yeah, getting better. Um, As man, we mentioned, we talked about Markel Foltz, JV 10th grade. Jerome's on the, the JV and got his number called and took advantage of it. And he's still using that to his advantage now with the Wizards. You know, if his number gets called, you know, he, he needs to be ready. Uh, I think about two um, Troy Brown, our guy from Centennial in Vegas. He's kind of in the same same boat a little bit. Right. Um, you know, he started really well and then he's maybe not getting the minutes he wants, but you got to be ready. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty funny that, you know, he, he mentioned those guys. Obviously, those guys, we, we did a countdown about eh, maybe during the pandemic. Right, Devin, maybe about six months ago of the, the greatest 30 greatest mixtapes and, and Austin and Akil Carr were really high on the list. And John Wall. Yeah. John Wall would, you know, obviously he's a standard bearer. And, he, and he's right. I mean, can, North Carolina has always had a good high school basketball, you know, um, and obviously Duke and Kentucky get the best players in the, in the country almost year in and year out to get some of them. And But their high schools has just gotten more noticed in the last, you know, he's right, about 10 or 15 years. Just, the, you know, they got the holiday, John White Holiday Invitational. They got a few other tournaments that have been around, and they just get more attention uh, now. Uh, people love their basketball in North Carolina. So I could see how Coach Spinelli was like, hey, you know, I'll take a flyer on this guy. He's yeah. He's going to grow. His, he probably looked at his dad like, oh, that guy, his dad has played basketball. Like, that's a, I'll take a chance. That's a good person to take a chance on anyway. A, an overseas pro whose dad is not like 
you know, maybe just more low key. People don't know who he is that much. It's really difficult, Devin. You think about guys like Michael Jordan or Shaquille O'Neal. It should be so hard for their kids to be live up to that. Where if you look at a guy who's a pro who maybe played overseas or had a fringe NBA career, I would bet my money some of those guys' kids are going to be really good. Well, yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan's dad wasn't a, a yeah. big-time player. Shaquille O'Neal's father wasn't a big-time yeah. player, right? So, yeah. But then those, you know, the kids, the children of those guys have to live up to, to hype like that. It's, it's really tough. It's really yeah. tough. Um, speaking of living up to hype, Ronnie, we have a new show. On the Rise, presented by Ball yeah. Life, where you and I break down the potential next generation of high school stars. You guys can find that On the Rise show on our Ball is Life podcast network YouTube page. And you can also find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, if you want an audio-only version. But we have video and audio versions available for you guys to check out. Um, so far, we've done Sharif Cooper, uh, Chet Holmgren, jd davison so we're looking at you know the the best college players kate cunningham is up next best college players best high school players giving you you know uh breakdowns of their strengths their weaknesses who we think they compare to and then a future forecast of where we think they're going to go to college or where we think they're going to get picked in the nba draft ronnie it's a fun show to do man i've really enjoyed the first three episodes that we've done and and so far they've, they've been getting some good traction um, anything you want to add there about OTR and what people should expect? Yeah. You know, it's, I, I really like that. Cause we take a, a, a deeper dive in one guy compared to what we do within the paint where we, we talk about a pro, we talk about high school mixtapes. We bring on various guests like our guest today, Jerome, you know, it was terrific, just terrific inside. We could have went another 20 minutes with him really talking about baseball. We could have talked about what's it like being in the NBA and, and he would have gave great insight. So hopefully you guys listen to that or have a, a young kid listen to that because he really gave a lot of good information. So I like the fact that OTR is a little more centric on a certain topic or something mean you dig deep in because that's kind of what we do in terms of when we go to the gym. Sometimes we sit together. Sometimes we're not at the same game, but like we want to get into a guy's game. You know what I mean? And we don't always share everything publicly. We Sometimes, you know, we maybe just do it with the, with the college scouting service or we, with the coach one-on-one what we think and what we know, but this kind of gives the people an idea of a little bit more of what we're looking for or some of our peers are looking for in terms of development, how the, and, and, and what we know. And, and if you look at, I would take, I would tell people, go look at our NBA draft 2020 little special. We had, if you can find it on YouTube, Devin had a couple nice, I'll give Devin his kudos. I don't always give him on every episode, how he said about a few guys that are hitting in the NBA. I think he said, I, I would probably take Mallow ball. Number one, I, how could you, that's really enticing. You know, it's hard to pass up Mallow. So things like that, you know, we got it. We don't go out on the limb all the time. Cause we're not always giving our, 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 you know, projections, but there's a couple guys that we mentioned in the 220 draft that are doing really well. Maybe we got lucky the first time Devin made, but maybe it's not, you know? So, that's where we're kind of trying to break down with these players for the 221 draft and beyond. Some of them are going to be in the 222 draft, maybe even the 223 draft. We, we don't know, but probably mostly in 221, 222 now. And I like the comparisons because it gives me an idea to go back to the ranking of where the player was. Like our guy, Jerome Robinson. If, if we ever had a guy like that in the draft, I'd say, Devin, he wasn't even in the top 250. Right. Or And then say, how did he get there? How did he get to the 
to a, a, a lottery pick. So I think that gives a good perspective of guys we try to compare um, like a Sharif Cooper to, or as we're going to do with Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, that type of guy. Where was the guy that we're comparing him to ranked in high school? Why was he number one all the way through, or why did he come from 50 up or whatnot? And and we did, we've had a lot of those, you know, they're not all, they're all ranked in different places and some are not ranked at all. Yeah. I think it's the most important part of OTR in my opinion, Ronnie is when we do the comparables. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you watch college basketball broadcasts or high school basketball broadcasts on national televised games, you hear, you know, very, very, um, I guess I'm not going to say outlandish, but very, very lofty comparisons, very high expectations for some of these top players. And Cause they're easy. Those are lazy. They're lazy in many respects. Lazy, right. And we wanted to kind yeah. of, do our, our due diligence, do some digging on, you know, past yeah. players that are similar, not only in um, height and weight and body type and game, but also similar in, you know, career arc in a way that, you know, okay, this guy played, you know, like Chandler Hutchinson, right? Yeah. Guy who played JV as a, as a sophomore and then finally got on varsity as a junior and just kind of, you know, draw parallels to, you know, guys who he reminds us of or guys who remind us of him. So sure. that's, that's a big reason why you guys should tune in to check that out. And, and we're giving ourselves, we're giving away our secrets, Ronnie. We are giving yeah. away our evaluation secrets, what we look for as far as strengths of someone's game and, and areas of improvement to how you can, you know, take your game from a high school level game to a college level game, and then to be an NBA type player. Um, so those are, those are kind of the important little factors that we take into account for OTR. Let's move into our final couple things here of the in the paint show, Ronnie, let's get an update on your Mr. Basketball USA player of the year tracker. Got some more voting in who's in the lead and who is kind of tapering off right now. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting because we're talking about some of the guys we're, 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 we're doing on, on the rise and you, you know, we're talking about the top pick, obviously we're starting at the top, obviously every, the number one pick goes down first. So, is it going to be Cade Cunningham? Is it going to be Evan Mobley? Is it going to be Jalen Green? Is Jonathan Kaminga going to get a little sniff from one of these general managers? But it's very interesting because we look back at last year's Mr. Basketball Tracker, it was Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Green at the top of it. So for these guys in this era, it's not going to – like that's the normal progression and normal translation. If you're not a National High School Basketball Player of the Year candidate, or if you are, you should be – pretty close in recent years to being like pretty high on that board for the next NBA draft. There hasn't been a guy that hasn't. If you go to Lonzo in 216, you go to Michael Porter in 217, and then you go, you know, in 218, uh, RJ Barrett was right there at the top. And then 219 with the, our guy, uh, Elijah Stewart from La Lemire. And that's the guy that's kind of, you look at it, you're like, huh, I see he's a great high school player, but is he going to be a really good pro? And I was one of the guys I was like, I think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Because I just thought he worked hard and, and, and played hard. And I, I think that's working out okay in Detroit. I think he's getting some opportunity. He's seen the floor compared now, to where he got picked. Now, that, now that Blake Griffin is is gone, he buy out, he's probably going to see, I think he signed with the, the Nets. Uh, that opens the door for a guy like Elijah Stewart to now earn his spot, kind of like what Jerome was saying. Is yeah. He, was was Isaiah got to be ready? Yeah. Was he ready? Did he stay ready? Yeah, and he's always worked hard, and he was a great high school player, and I think it's eventually going to pay off. 
So then you go to 220. Obviously, Kate Cunningham is the was the winner. He was deserving. He played on a great Montverde Academy team, which we've gone over a million times on the show. We don't need to go over it again. So when you go to 221, Chet Holmgren's at the top. And and Chet Holmgren's in number one position right now. So that'll be very interesting how that plays out to what we do with on, on the rise. Uh, very interesting. Jabari Smith from Sandy Creek is number two. Now, I think it, it goes back to what you mentioned, Devin, about at the top of the show about Sandy Creek has had a full season. Again, he's in, in, in Georgia. Georgia's kind of, quote, unquote, been open. They're 28 and four. They're, they're, they're going in for a state title in their division. And he's had a great season. And again, 28 and four means 32 games. That means he's had the opportunity. Right. And he is only him and Holmgren appeared on all 10 ballots. Obviously, it's 10 guys who vote 10 point must system kind of number 10 gets 10 points. Number nine gets, nine, you know, yeah. second place gets nine, third place gets eight and so on and so far. The other two guys that got a first place. vote, very interesting. I want to get your comment on this. Jalen Duran from Montverde, a junior one first place vote. Paolo Banchero who's kind of made his ways in fall league and playing on the grind session. Paulo actually played in two different States the other, other night, Devin talk a little bit about that if we want, but he had two votes and then Chad Holmgren's had the other seven first place votes. So what's your highline take on that? Yeah. I mean, I love Jabari Smith's game and I think he's benefiting yeah. in this voting yeah. process from having a full season and having yeah. a full body of work. Right. Yeah. Chad Holmgren is kind of the obvious choice just as him being yeah. the best player in 221. Sure. Uh, in the 221 class, probably by a long shot, the best prospect by a long shot, I'd say. Um, but yeah, Duran, obviously, probably the most effective player on the bet on the number one team in the country. So he's sure. obviously deserving of that kind of accolade. But yeah, I mean, Paolo Bencho, you have to give him credit, man. Like you said, he played in Arizona, right? And then he played yeah. Utah. In Utah. Yes. Was it on the same day or back to back days? How did that work? It was the same day. So he played <laughs> in the grind session on. Friday, last Friday, from when this is being filmed, the Friday previous. Sure. And then he flew up to play uh, with Seattle Rotary against Sierra Canyon. That's I don't think he made it on time, but somebody pulled some strings to get him up there. And uh, he he got in the game in the second half, I think, did play pretty well. And then he went back to the grind session, and the grind session was won on that Saturday by Compass Prep, which has been the best team consistently on the grind session, obviously led by Creighton commit Ty Ty Washington and Deron Holmes and, and another great, they have a great group of players. Those are, they're not a two man team for by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, Ty Ty Washington is getting a little bit of national player of the year recognition. I think it's, he's deserving. He's in the mid tier. He's ranked number seven, Imani Bates, six Kennedy Chandler, your guy five. Again, Kennedy Chandler is making the most of opportunity. doesn't have any first place votes. Doesn't have any second place votes. So he is, he's, is on people's ballots. He's on people's radar. And maybe if he has a monster game against Montverde, maybe he moves up even more. So he comes in at five. I'm surprised that he's. Uh, I'm surprised that Kenny Chandler's that low, based on the fact that they've had a pretty pretty full season. Yeah, and they beat Montverde, and yeah. you know he's got his team. That team, you know, as as the leader of that team, he's got them at number two in your Fab Fifty right now. Yeah, I feel like we should. You know, voting wise, it's, you should bet. You should you should kind of um, um, put an emphasis on winning and winning at a high level, and that's kind of what yeah, um, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it because, like you said, I think if you look at the top, uh, Chad Holmgren would probably be number one, even if his team was five hundred. Yeah, because just his his talent. I'm I'm with you there. So you're right between Banchero, Duran, Smith, 
Imani Bates, Ty Ty. You're right. Ken Lee's maybe he's trending up. Maybe he'll jump Banchero or, or Durant, Jalen Durant. You know, it's it's very close. Again, they're 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 chasing Chet Holmgren, but from the beginning of the season, Chetney Chandler has moved up and he's actually surpassed his his teammate Brown. You know, Kendall Brown was so maybe they're splitting votes a little bit there on the Sunrise team. A, a, a hair, yeah. I think Kendall was probably the leader in the clubhouse on the team as being their top guy, but uh, Ken Lee's had a, a great season and they have other great players. You know, obviously, Zach Clements, Grady Dick, as we mentioned, that's going to be a, a hell of a game. Looking forward to watching it. And, um, you know, it's always nice when 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 teams can play like that, especially in in this this day and age. But it'll be very interesting to see if, if you know, Jabari Smith can keep on that. Obviously, Devin, it's already been announced. There's no McDonald's game, so we're not going to be able to watch something. We're like, wow, look at him. He's really kicking butt in these practices or in the game. Right. Unfortunate. So. Uh, you know, but it, I'm glad those guys got picked for, for the game, the, the 24 players that did. And that includes a lot of the guys we talked about today. But there's going to be a lot of guys that didn't get picked, Devin, and they're going to have Jerome Robinson's story, which is great, too. So that is, a you know, a note we can probably close out on, you know, kudos. And thanks to our guest, Jerome Robinson, for coming on today. You know, anything else you want to mention, Devin, as we close? No, I think just the only thing I want to mention is, you know, head to the Balls Life Podcast Network on, on YouTube and check out the first three episodes of On the Rise. And then uh, by the time you listen to this, I'm sure the fourth episode will be up uh, on Cade Cunningham, who's projected to be either the number one, number two, potentially number three pick in the 2021 NBA draft. But uh, yeah, Ronnie was good getting back on 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 ITP with you. We got all these, we got all these three-letter acronyms, yeah. OTR, ITP. But uh, yeah, it's great to get back on the In the Paint Show talk, you know, a little bit broader scale of, of hoops with you. Um, make sure you guys head to balleslife.com. Check out our latest content pieces. Check out our latest gear drops. Cop yourself a hoodie, a t-shirt, a backpack, socks, whatever you want to want to grab. We got it there for you. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcast, we are there. But until the next episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life, Devin and Ronnie are signing off.